the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Roger Franklin Williams Show. Memorial Day Special. And now from the Florida Garage Door Solutions Studios, here's Roger Franklin Williams. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show Tribute to Memorial Day, presented by Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home. Today is the annual program where we recognize and express our gratitude to those who gave their lives wearing the uniform of the United States military so that we can live lives of freedom and security. On today's show, we will recognize the service of some men from the world of sports who died serving in uniform. We'll all, we're also pleased to be joined in the studio by a true American hero, Dennis Puglio, United States Marine Corps. We'll go to him. He served, and we'll hear more. He'll tell his story here today, and you'll begin to hear it in a moment. But he served in Vietnam in the 1960s, including 1967. He was at the Battle of Khe Sanh and was awarded three Purple Hearts during the course of his service as a, as a Marine in combat in Vietnam. Before we go to Dennis Puglio, I want to let you know that our program today is sponsored by, it was presented by Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home, and sponsored by friends at Florida Door Solutions, Liberty Locksmiths, and uh, we'll tell you more about them, those great companies, later in our show. But right now, I'm pleased to welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, Dennis Puglio, United States Marine. Dennis, great to see you. Thank you for coming over. You're welcome. Good morning. To share your story. Sure. And I would like to, um, and I'm looking forward to hearing you know, about both your service in Vietnam and then, of course, your life after Vietnam as well. Right now, I'd like to just ask you a little bit, can you take us back to the mid-1960s? And you know, what, what were you doing when you came to enter uh, military service, and what led you to enter military service, especially during a time of war? Well, it's interesting. Last night, uh, I knew I was going to be here this morning. I started rolling back through my memory. And um, when I graduated high school, I was, uh, I, I, I think the best word for it is I was floundering. I was kind of floundering around. I graduated high school, and I spent almost a year um, working odd jobs, and, and but floundering is the best way to describe it, really, and I really didn't have any direction or purpose or meaning. Now, my home life, my family life, in school, I was very lighthearted, and some kids might have called me a class clown. Uh, I was very popular in school. The truth of the fact is, my home life, my personal life was uh, very difficult. My mother and father, my father was an abuser, uh, physically, mentally, and uh, as a child, I really didn't get a lot of encouragement. And matter of fact, 
I remember quite clearly. My dad used to have nicknames for me. He used to call me a mama's boy and a sissy. And um, not he wasn't kind, trust me. And so he wasn't a great example setter. But in the middle of all of that, I didn't know it at the time. I didn't even know what the word mentor was. But a couple of men came into my life. One was a football coach. And there was something about him. It was very special. I learned later he was a Marine. And then another man who lived in the neighborhood was an officer in the Marine Corps. I seeked them out, chatted with them about what to do with some of my life, and they gave me advice. They were the first two people who actually encouraged me. And I joined the Marine Corps because, um, frankly, I needed to find out if my dad was right. And I needed to get out of my environment. Uh, I knew it was going to be hard. I was scared. There's no doubt about it. I I wasn't arrogant or cocky. I didn't think. Uh, I wasn't thinking about be graduating Marine Corps boot camp. I was more thinking about not graduating boot camp. So uh, that's when I went in. I went in 1965, and that was a pretty tumultuous time. And, of course, 65 was the year that things were really begin to escalate. Uh, right. Lyndon Johnson had uh, and, you know, beaten us in hundreds of thousands of troops over to Vietnam. And, of course, the, the heavy fighting uh, really was on the heels of that to come right. very soon, and that's what you experienced. Exactly. Exactly. And I'd like to take a step back. Friends, you're listening to the annual Roger Franklin Williams Show tribute to Memorial Day presented by Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home. And this is the annual program every year where we express and recognize, express, recognize and express our gratitude to those who gave their lives wearing the uniform of the United States military and we recognize and celebrate all veterans and all who are serving now. Our guest is Dennis Puglio, United States Marine Corps, Vietnam veteran, who was awarded um, three Purple Hearts during his service in Vietnam in 1966 and 1967. I would like to tell you a little bit more about the background of Dennis Puglio. And the best way I knew that to do that, to share with you concisely, is to quote from a book uh, written by Edward Murphy. And it's the book Hill Fights, a famous book that that uh, you know documents uh, some of the combat in Vietnam. And we'll just start, and I'll share that with you briefly right now. This is Edward Murphy's account of the beginning of Hill Fights. He speaks of Bravo Company 1-9 on April 26th, 1927. So that was almost, um, you know, just about a month away from 50 years ago today. Lieutenant Carter's 1st Platoon had the point. Staff Sergeant Burns' 2nd Platoon was in the center. An automatic weapon on a nearby hillside spat out several bursts of fire. The heavy slugs tore into the 1st Platoon, wounding five, including Carter. Seconds later, enemy fire raked the entire column. Two men in Staff Sergeant Burns' platoon went down. Sergeant Kenneth Norton was nearly cut in half by a machine gun burst. Another man... Lance Corporal Puglio took the enemy gun under fire with his M60 machine gun, killed three NVA before all the others turned their fire upon him. In an instant, Dennis Puglio took three hits, and his M60 was blown away. Now we, that's from the book Hill Fights by Edward Murphy. Right. And I'll just you know, share with whatever would you like to share now, Dennis? Sure. Uh The military, uh, joining the military in the beginning, we were just um, 
civilians. <laughs> we we were excited, enthusiastic, but we got trained. And the reason that I'm here today, honestly, is the training. Training makes the difference in combat, whether you live or you don't live. And um, and every branch of the service, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, even the Coast Guard, training, training, training. Sometimes it drives you crazy. You do the same thing repeatedly over and over, but no different than a firefighter, no different than a police officer. They train and they train and they train. So when it's necessary to save someone's life or to enter into combat or address a fire or an explosion, they are trained. And so we may have been 19, 20, 22 years old. We were all trained um, about 18 months. I had a lot of training in me. I, I became a machine gunner. That was my, what they called, MOS. And some of the things that I learned in the Marine Corps, um, before I get to that particular day, looking back, what did the Marines do for me? Or better yet, what does military service do for me? Well, I wasn't college material. I knew I wasn't going to go to college. And uh, I don't, I did know that I needed discipline. I knew that I needed, I wanted to, people to respect me. And so in the military, what happens is you learn about the word sacrifice, uh, service. You learn self-discipline. In other words, you really own your own stuff. So being a machine gunner, I wasn't alone. I had a machine gun team, and we worked in concert with each other. Um, so there's responsibility, discipline, and I learned to do more than what is expected. And that was um, that day was the last day for me in Vietnam. Up until that time, I had done many ambushes. I was involved in uh, amphibious assault from a ship going in to a combat situation, going back to the ship. Um, they call that an expeditionary force. And so I'd been in and out of the jungle, and I lived in the jungle, and I did ambushes in the jungle that day. We knew a couple of days earlier this was the beginning of the buildup of North Vietnamese regulars. Up until that point, we pretty much were dealing with Viet Cong. These are people who live in South Vietnam, and uh, they were farmers in the daytime, and they were killers at night. And these peop- these Chinese-trained North Vietnamese Army had come down from North Vietnam, and they started to infiltrate that Khaesan area. And when I started at that airstrip in Khaesan, when I got there, it was only 126 Marines. About three weeks later, there were 3,000 Marines there. So that day, April 26th, I was on 861, looking at Hill 881, and we were ambushed. Probably, it looked like ants crawling down a hill. It was just hundreds, hundreds, about 400 North Vietnamese regulars coming at us. And we were caught right in an area we um, were big targets, and... That's when everything exploded. And were you out on patrol at that time, or were you some kind of a a a perimeter or a base or something? We were looking for them. They came right over the top of the hill. We knew we had seen tunnels dug in different areas, and we were trying to seek them out. We did, but there were a lot more of them than we thought. And this was in the Quezon area? Yes. We'll pick it up with Dennis Puglio. When we come back from our break, we have a break coming up in just a moment. I want to remind you, you're listening to the annual Roger Franklin Williams Show tribute to Memorial Day presented by Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home. Right now, I want to give you a word about our friends over at Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home. On this Memorial Day and every day, 
Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home honors the brave soldiers who gave their lives in service to our country in the United States military and honors and recognizes all who serve or who have ever served in the United States military. The motto of Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home is to serve one family at a time. Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home believes in old school funeral directing where they serve every family like their own. The mission of Highland Memory Gardens is to provide outstanding, attentive service to every family. Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home is located at 3329 East Cimarron Boulevard, which of course is also Highway 436 in the Hunt Club, Forest City, Apopka area. And just to learn more, visit highlandmemorygardens.com. We'll be back in a moment with Dennis Puglio, veteran of the United States Marine Corps, Vietnam veteran, Vietnam combat veteran, who among other things during the time of service was awarded three Purple Hearts for wounds and injuries suffered in combat. Also want to once again remind you about our our other sponsors on today's show. You'll hear more about them a little bit later, and that's Florida Door Solutions and Liberty Locksmiths. We'll be right back. Please stay with us. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show Tribute to Memorial Day, presented by Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home. Today is the annual program where we recognize and express our gratitude to those who gave their lives wearing the uniform of the United States military so that we can live lives of freedom and security. Our guest today is Dennis Puglio, veteran of the United States Marine Corps, Vietnam combat veteran, and we're hearing his story on our program today. Before we go back to Dennis, I want to let you know and share with you that this Memorial Day weekend, Florida Door Solutions salutes the brave soldiers who gave their lives in service to our country. And Florida Door Solutions also salutes all the men and women who serve in uniform today and all who have served to keep America safe and free. To find out more about Florida's best garage door company, visit FLADoor.com. That's FLADoor.com. Or just give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR. Now back to Dennis Puglio, United States Marine Corps. You know, and Dennis, when we went to break, you told us a little bit about your life before you entered the service, and you were, I believe, about 19 years old. Is that correct? Exactly. Um, What led you to come to join the Marine Corps during a time of war, during a time when Vietnam was escalating? Uh, It continued to escalate even more dramatically once you got into the the Marine Corps. Uh, you were sharing about your training, and you also we also, t- um, you know, I quoted from the book, um, Hill Stories that that you know documented your your firefight and and your your, your severe injuries and wounds uh, being shot during that firefight with the uh, with NVA regulars uh, during the Battle of Quezon. Uh Can you just kind of take it from there? Uh, one thing, um, if you're comfortable, 
like to talk a little bit more about that because from what I understand, you were very, very close to death. You had severe wounds from those uh, you know, machine gun blasts or that shot you know, from being shot, and you uh, came very close to death. Can you? Would you feel comfortable talking a little bit about that? Yes, and um, we also. How did all this start? It started actually very well. I can remember John Kennedy uh, saying, "Ask not what to do, uh, what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country." That was a big inspiration for many Americans, young Americans, men, male and female, at that time to serve. And we knew there was an issue, and we knew it was going to accelerate. I didn't know I was going to be selected to be a machine gunner. Uh, that was a what they used to call a, or they still call an MOS, uh, riflemen, machine gunners, artillery people, so forth. So April 26th, then I'm discussing the last, my last day in Vietnam. Uh, I had already received a Purple Hut for injuries earlier in a major firefight uh, in September 66. And here we are, April 26th, and we are surrounded. I'm talking just like a blanket, hundreds and hundreds of North Vietnamese regulars, well-trained. And uh, bullets, hang run, handguns, uh, hang grenades, mortars are going off. It is an all-out engaged battle, and people are everywhere, crisscrossing, coming from the left, from the right. It was a mess. It was really, in a situation like that, it was chaos. It wasn't a firefight between just six people and 14 people. It was hundreds at the same time. Well, initially, we were hit head-on by a machine gunner, uh, and I was a machine gunner, and we took out that machine gun nest. I got hit by a M79 grenade launcher that launches grenades, and it went off on my left, and it tore my thumb off and put shrapnel in the left side of my body, my face and my uh, my shoulder, arm, legs, so forth. And it, it virtually broke my machine gun in half, and uh, so I fell. And when I fell... Uh, a bunch of gunfire happened, and I started crawling for cover, and that's when I got shot, and that was my first gunshot. About 30 minutes later, I ruined a perfectly good body. I got shot again, so I actually got shot twice inside of about an hour, and then um, digging around looking for more weapons and continuing to fight, 81-millimeter uh, mortar, which is quite a large bomb, came down and exploded directly behind me and a few other guys. And fortunately for me, I got a blast, which was through my boots. I had been crawling on my hands and knees looking for another weapon, and the shrapnel went through the boots, into my feet, uh, up my thighs, my buttocks, my back, my head, so you could refer that, uh, call that uh, a glancing blow. And that, believe it or not, I was fortunate. No major organs were destroyed. But I was bleeding badly, and my thigh was cut open, my calf was cut wide open, and uh, I pretty much knew failure was on its way. I, I knew then I couldn't move. Um, talk about never leaving people behind. Many hours later, it was about eight, not darkness set in, and there were bodies all over the place. Uh, a team of Marines worked their way up that hill, and fought all the way up. It was raining. It was muddy. It was, we're in the middle of monsoon season and jets were flying. Bombs were dropping. Napalm was being dropped. It was a mess, but they worked their way up that hill to find the bodies, see if there was anybody alive and bring down their weapons. And around midnight I was found and I was holding a hand grenade on my chest 
And they found I was alive. They dragged me down with a bunch of other bodies. Five o'clock in the morning on April 27th, I was given the last rites by a priest. Uh, they didn't think I was going to make it. And I didn't believe them. I was actually agitated when the priest was giving me the last rites. <laughs> and uh, they put me on a chopper and flew me out to the USS Sanctuary, a hospital ship, about a mile off the coast. And there they saved my life. I spent a month on that hospital ship, and they saved my life there. And um, at that time, I had phlebitis. I had a heart attack, gas gangrene. Uh, they ended up shipping me to Japan, Alaska, Washington, D.C. I ended up at Chelsea Naval Hospital in Boston about six weeks later. And that was recovery there. And I have to admit to you, when I finally got out of the hospital 10 months later, I, a lot of men and women, felt whipped, beat. American people were not very happy about the war. People would come home at the airport. They'd change into civilian clothes because people were spitting at us in the airport and calling us baby killers. So there wasn't a whole lot of praise and admiration. Even though we did our job and we did our job well, America was in turmoil. So when people left the hospital, a lot of men, had uh, they were only 22 years old. They, they had to go to work, make a living, figure it out. And um, this isn't something you discussed uh, at a bar. Nobody really wanted to hear it. So I went off. Uh, when, I, when I was leaving that hospital, I have to admit to you, I felt victorious. I really did. It's amazing how your attitude can determine, um, really, your life. You know, two, two men lose their legs in combat. One comes back, and frankly, he moans and groans all his life. And um, he... Uh, just can't shake it. And then somebody else loses two legs and they become a senator or a congressman. How is that possible? What I learned along the way is that man is not affected by what happens to him. He's affected by his opinions of what happened to him. See, when I left the hospital, I felt if I could survive this, I could survive anything. I was ready to go into the world. Nothing would get in my way or defeat me. I could be successful and frankly, I was not going to be like my father. I was going to be a different person. I was going to be honorable. Um, I didn't know what integrity was, but I was going to learn that. And I was going to uh, marry my high school sweetheart, start a family, and get busy. And that, when I left the hospital, I felt like the world, I could whip the world. I really did feel that way. Friends, you're listening to the annual Roger Franklin Williams Show Tribute to Memorial Day the day we honor and pay tribute to those who died in service to our country. And, of course, we also recognize and thank current veterans and all who served to protect our freedom and security. Our guest is Dennis Puglio, United States Marine Corps. He's a veteran of Vietnam. He served, as you're hearing, in heavy combat in Vietnam, suffered serious wounds during that combat, among other things, was awarded three Purple Hearts during his service and for his service in Vietnam. He was um, at the Battle of Quezon, which we're hearing about right now. And um, we'll go to a break in a, another moment. And when we come back from that, we'll talk to Dennis Puglio about his life after Vietnam, because that's obviously a huge topic for all men of, of that generation. It's a huge topic in our country is the way uh, the lives that um, the Vietnam veterans, especially the Vietnam combat veterans, lived uh, when they returned. Before we go to Break. I want to let you know that Liberty Locksmiths is pleased to 
honor the men and women who sacrificed their lives defending our freedom and security in the United States military. Liberty Locksmiths is a family-owned business which has served Central Florida since 1999. They're known for their professionalism and trustworthiness. Liberty Locksmiths is licensed, bonded, and insured, and they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and Angie's List. You can find them at 514 North Park Avenue, Apopka, or just visit libertylocksmiths.com. And I want again want to let you know about our presenting sponsor for today's program, and that's Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home. Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home believes in old-school funeral directing, where they serve every family like they're, they are their own. The mission of Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home is to provide outstanding, attentive service to every family. When you're there, be sure to ask about their booklet with vet- veterans' benefits. They're located, Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home is located at 3329 East Cimarron Boulevard, which, of course, is also Highway 441 in the Hunt, in Hunt, Club, in the Hunt Club, Forest City, and Apopka area. To learn more, just visit highlandmemorygardens.com. Well, Dennis, we've got about a minute before we go to break, and then when we come back, I want to begin to hear about your life uh, after you return from Vietnam. I had a quick question um, uh, for you. How did you come to be selected to be a a machine gunner in an infantry unit? God only knows. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting. When I came out of boot camp, I was one uh, of, I don't know, uh, I was was excited. I was going to go to 8th and I, spit spit and polish, that's just um, right in Washington, D.C., and work in the White House area. Then they discovered uh, at the last moment I wasn't tall enough. I was only 5'7". Sorry, no 8th and 9th. You're going to Vietnam. So uh, I ended up uh, carrying a 21-pound machine gun on my shoulder all the way through Vietnam, and I thought I was going to be at 8th and 9th Marines just outside of D.C. <laughs> Another interesting story and amazing how God has worked in your life in a variety of ways. Yeah. Well, friends, we'll be right back on today's tribute to Memorial Day presented by Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Homes. My dearest love, it's almost dawn. I've been lying here all night long, wondering where you might be. I saw your mama and I showed her the ring. All gave some, some gave all. Some stood through for the red, white, and blue, and some had to fall. If you ever think of me, think of all your liberties and recall. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show Tribute to Memorial Day, a program we have every year where we honor the brave soldiers who gave their lives in service to our country in the United States military. The program is presented by Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home and sponsored by Liberty Locksmiths and Florida Door Solutions. Our guest today is Dennis Puglio, veteran of Vietnam, Vietnam combat veteran. He was awarded three Purple Hearts for wounds and injuries he suffered during combat, uh, during his time of service in 1966 and 67. As we're hearing, he was a machine gunner, um, was part of his responsibilities when he was in country. As we come back, and I want to once again let you know that Florida Door Solutions salutes the brave soldiers who gave their lives in service to our country. 
Door-to-Door Solutions also salutes all the men and women who serve in uniform today and all who have served to keep America safe and free. To find out more about Florida's best garage door company, visit FLADoor.com or just give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR. That's 866-FLA-DOOR. Now back to Dennis Puglio. And Dennis, I want to hear about your life because it's been very dramatic and interesting as well. And now it's been, as you said earlier, 50 plus years exactly. since you uh, were pulled off of that hill on April 27th. I consider the last 50 years nothing but a gift. It's a gift. I just lived a gift. But I would like to ask another question or two about your service. So we, you, you know, we talked about how you became a machine gunner in an infantry unit. From what I understand, uh, what I read, and it doesn't mean it's correct, but the machine gunners, uh, both in Vietnam and, in, and back in World War II, especially in the Pacific, were uh, one of the most lethal jobs you could have. I mean, correct. It, yeah. When you, uh, sure, if you're attacking uh, Americans, you want to knock out the big firepower, get the machine gunner first, then take out their leader. If you can get that squad leader, then that causes confusion. Radio man, same thing. Kill the radio man. So, yes, we're, and we're, uh, we don't walk at the front. We walk in the middle, and we go where we need to go when we're called up, machine gunner up. Now, can you talk about coming back? Because, of course, that's a, a major theme in American history now. Yeah. It, it, it's even today being talked about um, and being, even hopefully, fortunately, in, in, in some cases, uh, attempting to be addressed was the, the poor treatment that the Vietnam veterans received when, when you came home. Of course, as you said um, earlier, and I, I'm old enough to I remember those days as well. I uh, wasn't old enough to serve at that time, but I certainly vividly remember it. You know, every, every night, the evening news, uh, war coverage every single night, uh, all those things, you know, uh, riots on campuses, sit-ins, you know, major demonstrations, uh, the, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, so, I mean, what was, um, what was your treatment like? Personally, and then, and you're talking about how you, with your resilient spirit and your, in your, I guess, inherent positive attitude, uh, were prepared to take on the world, and and you, you, I guess, just surviving the experiences you've shared with us, led you to be uplifted and 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 feel positive. Why don't you just kind of pick it up there and, and pick it up when you uh, you had recovered from your wounds, and now you're ready to go and and live your life as a civilian. Exactly. So I spent ten months, eleven months in and out of Chelsea Naval Hospital, and back in 1967, it was not an attractive place to be. Um, a lot of the VA facilities were overwhelmed, overwhelmed. And uh, frankly, they're nowhere near as, as attractive as your dentist office is today, trust me. And um, the food was horrible. The, the uh, conditions were not that good. And it, I don't know if you realize, but back in those days, you, you didn't have private rooms. You didn't even share a room with three guys. Uh, there were like halls, large halls. There'd be 10, 20 beds on one side, 10, 20 beds on the other side of a hall. And maybe that would be called a ward, ward D, ward E, ward. And, uh, you know, there'd be young men crying at night, people who lost arms, legs. Um, there was lots of injuries. People would die. And I somehow, somehow managed to manage myself. And I will tell you in combat, one thing I can go back and say, when I was dying, laying on that hill, I was very aware. I was praying. Now, I'm not talking about, uh, the Our Father, or in my case, uh, we were, although I was born brought up Catholic, I really didn't have a relationship with the Creator. I didn't have a relationship with God or Christ. And I you know, almost could call that kind of praying begging, but I did pray, and there are no atheists in combat. And when I was in the hospital, I started thinking, there's just so much turmoil outside of this building that I'm going to walk into when I get out of this hospital. How do I prepare? I started writing notes. What did I learn in the Marine Corps? And I decided one thing for sure, that 
gratitude had to be at the top of my list, at the very, very top of my list. I needed to be grateful that I have survived this. So I've always had, here I am, 72 years old, I've always had an attitude of gratitude. That's where it began for me. When I joined the military, I knew little or nothing. Hadn't been out of my hometown of 7,000 people. And that was in Massachusetts, right? Massachusetts, just north shore of Boston. I lived in a tiny town, and uh, it was very insulated. Believe me, getting off the bus in boot camp in the Carolinas, um, I was I could have been in Africa for all I knew. <laughs> I had never left the Boston area. Yeah, I guess from, from the Boston area, Massachusetts to North Carolina, that yeah. had to be culture shock. I it was culture shock. And But train, 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 train. So I started writing notes, and I started saying, okay, what am I going to do? What's my next step? And... One of the things that I decided was that I was going to look at everything in a positive way um, rather than a negative way. So I learned, and what did I learn? Number one, I learned to be responsible, work as a team. Um, I really did enjoy my service, and um, I knew that I, when I walked out of the hospital, I couldn't depend upon anybody to take care of me or if I were going to get married, my wife and my children. So I... Uh, to be honest, I didn't feel sorry for myself. I, I just said to myself, I need to be prepared. I need to learn how to dress, look, act like a superior product. Um, I already knew that I, I would not quit. That was good. I had that in me. So um, I went off, and when I got out of the hospital, I ma- did marry my high school sweetheart, and I put my head down, went to work. I was going to be successful, make a lot of money, take care of my family. And um, Vietnam is a small chapter piece of the puzzle, small chapter in my life. I realize now there's, it's much deeper than that. Vietnam and serving in the military, serving, serving, period, um, is huge. It's a huge component of anybody's life, any type of serving. My daughter right now, is uh, she owns a nonprofit called Lead to Serve, and uh, it was originally something that she wanted to do as a result of going to church right here in this area, by the way. And, uh, church. It was Northland, actually, in Longwood. And uh, so she started this little nonprofit, which now has turned to be huge. And she takes teams and people and so forth all over the country and out of the country on serve projects, service journeys. So put my head down, went out, became successful in business. And to be quite frank with you, um, there's no other way to say this. Eleven years later, I had was a super achiever. I owned my own home. I owned an office building, bought a couple of beautiful cars, had a home on a lake. Um, I had um, all the things that I thought were going to make me happy. I, and, of course, today I realize it was success, sickness. Basically, um, you never, you never su- succeed. You, never, you have a sickness that no matter what you have, you're never happy enough. No matter what you conquer, what you do, it's not enough. So I started feeling inside of myself, um, a, a lingering feeling, kind of like I was running on three cylinders. I knew something was missing, couldn't put my finger on it, but I was, something wasn't quite right. I was physically, mentally, morally, psychologically, spiritually flat. And I was all of a sudden overleveraged, overspent, overweight, and all of a sudden the burdens of the world. Here I was, the goal was to become successful. I did it. And all of a sudden, I was right back. I found myself on my knees in a tiny little church in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire where I finally... Marines don't like this word. We're taught not to surrender. 
that I had to surrender to something bigger than myself. The Marine Corps wasn't going to get me to the next level. And I surrendered to Christ on my knees on October 12, 1980. Huge date for me. April 26, 1967 was big. May 10, 1969, big day when I got married. But now, 11 years later, I ran out of gas. I wasn't the husband I could be. I wasn't the Marine I could be. I came up short in a number of areas. I just put my head down, went to work, and now all of a sudden money was my God, to be honest with you. Success, fame, fortune. On my knees, I surrendered to Christ, and that day, October 12, 1980, I knew something big happened to me. My wife and I together, side by side, and it shaped who I am today. All of a sudden, my life had significance, purpose, meaning, um, and it wasn't just luck. It had nothing to do with luck anymore. Last night I was in my bed and I prayed that today, they know it's Memorial Day, over two million Purple Hearts have been given out in this country for people, men and women, who have died in combat by the enemy or been wounded by the enemy. Many, many people have died, given it all, and bled for the opportunity to live in this country. And it's not just gratitude. It's now, what's the next step? So last night I'm thinking, it's not just the story of my service that day, my military life. It's really a story, what happens next? Where do you go with this? And I will tell you that that next step for me made my life very complete because now I know I can... I have purpose, I have meaning to everything I do. Thank you for sharing that great, powerful story with us, Dennis Puglio. We'll go to another break here shortly. When we come back, we'll continue. We'll pick up right there and talk about your life since that day in October, 11 years ago, when you surrendered to Christ and what your life has been like from that time on. Friends, you're listening to the annual Roger Franklin Williams Show, Tribute to Memorial Day, presented by Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home and sponsored by Liberty Locksmiths. Florida for Solutions. Our guest is Dennis Puglio, United States Marine Corps combat veteran of Vietnam. He was awarded three Purple Hearts during his service in Vietnam. His, his exploits during in battle are documented in the book Hill Fights by Edward Murphy. But we'll be right back on today's tribute to Memorial Day. Please stay with us. Welcome back. Friends, it's great to have you joining us today on our annual tribute to Memorial Day on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Today, every year, we honor the brave soldiers who gave their lives in service to our country in the United States military. We're pleased to be joined and honored by a brave soldier joining us today, Dennis Puglio, veteran of the United States Marine Corps, combat veteran, heavily uh, decorated combat veteran. His account in combat and his story, parts of his story are documented in the book Hill Stories by Edward Murphy. And, of course, we've read from a little bit about that earlier today. We'll go back to Dennis Puglio in just a moment. Of course, I want to remind you that our program is presented today by Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home and sponsored by Liberty Locksmiths and Florida Door Solutions. And I want to once again let you know that Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home honors the brave soldiers who gave their lives in service to our country and all who serve today and all who have served. 
And I want to also let you know that Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home's motto is to serve one family at a time. Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home believes in old school funeral, funeral directing where they serve every family like they are their own. The mission of Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home is to provide outstanding, attentive service to every family. You can find them in the Apopka Hunt Club Forest City area at 3329 East Cimarron Boulevard, also known as Highway 436, of course, maybe better known. And you can also visit highland-memory-gardens.com to learn more about Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home. Before we go back to Dennis Puglio, also I want to give a tribute to another man who actually served in Vietnam but actually died in Vietnam. He is a, was a former National Football League player. In fact, in 1968, he was a starting offensive lineman for the Buffalo Bills. And that, of course, is Lieutenant Bob Kalsu. Uh, he was one of only two NFL players during the Vietnam era to die in, in service in Vietnam. The other was Don Steinbrenner, um, uh, who had played for the Cleveland Browns and who was in the United States Air Force. But uh, Bob Kalsu was uh, All-American in Oklahoma before he played for the Bills. He was in the ROTC at Oklahoma. In 1969, after the 68 football season, he went into the military to fulfill his ROTC obligation as a lieutenant. He served with the 101st Airborne, and in on July he was a, a part of the, the major battle at Firebase Ripcord. In fact, it's a historic battle. It was the last major combat uh, battle, ground battle, of um, Amer- with American forces of the war in Vietnam. It was during the period of Vietnamization when we had begun to withdraw dramatically, and it was literally the last major battle. Uh, it was a 23-day battle in the Oshaw Valley, and uh, Lieutenant Bob Kalsu was killed uh, in action on July 21st. And we were part of 75 U.S. Army killed in action during that engagement, that big battle, which lasted 23 days. Um, so we honor and salute and remember Lieutenant Bob Kalsu, United States Army on our show today, member of the Buffalo Bills and All-American in Oklahoma. Now let's go back to Dennis Puglio. And Dennis, you, you were telling us about, you've given us a, a wonderful account of your life, your pre-Vietnam life, your pre-military Marine service life, your service as a Marine, your service in combat, where you were wounded severely, uh, came extremely close to, to death, rescued by some other Marines, uh, given last rites, recuperated over a year period of time, and then went on to become a very successful uh, businessman and entrepreneur with a very positive attitude. But um, that, as you've told us, wasn't enough. And then uh, 11 years ago, you literally, to use your word, surrendered to Jesus Christ on your knees. And um, why don't you pick it up there? Well, in the Marine Corps, the word surrender is a taboo. We don't surrender. We uh, regroup (laughs) and attack from a different position. Um, It was a pastor up in New Hampshire back in 1980, and as I went forward, he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, surrender, just surrender it all. And boy, I was really torn. I really didn't understand what all that meant, but my instinct was to bat his hand off my shoulder, you know. Actually, surrendering to your creator, knowing Christ, having a relationship with God, is actually freedom. You're not giving up. You're surrendering. You think on this. It, it works in reverse. Freedom comes from surrendering self. And I ran out of the... I actually came to the end of myself 11 years into my marriage. 
I didn't, all of a sudden, nothing made me happy anymore. Beautiful wife, beautiful kids, summer homes, Lincoln Town Cars, Jaguars, success. You know, I, I reeked of success and happiness, and I had a big smile, and everybody, was, they were nuts about me. I was falling apart inside out. I was miserable. And so here was the link. And this gave new purpose and meaning to my life. I know there's a possibility that there are some teenagers, 16, 18 years old, that are listening to this, or their parents are, and they're nervous about their children join, joining the military. You have to remember, the military, there's a very small percentage of people in the military that actually are in combat. There is massive support, not just bullets and water, food. There's, there's a huge support system. It takes millions for that small group to be in combat. So I want to say that military life or the serving, serving in some shape, way, or fashion makes you far more complete as a person. If you're wrestling with some sort of decision, I would, and you're young right now, 17, 18, I was not college material. I didn't know what the next step was. I would say to you, so just reflect for a moment and ask yourself, am I being brave or am I just playing it safe? Joining the military is not, uh-oh, this could be the end of my life. No, it could be the beginning. It could be a foundation that you build upon. Nobody says you join them, have to join the military for 20 years. You'll find out after two, three, four years whether or not you want to make it a career. In the end, what it really depends upon is whether or not you think you can trust God, whether or not God can be trusted with your life. And you know what? I would have been a better man in combat if I had a good, strong faith in Christ. Fortunately for me, 11 years later, I did turn my life over to Christ. And now I can see how it completes everything. So the first thing I want to say to anybody who's young, who's thinking about military service, your parents are probably nervous, and you might be too. One thing I will tell you right now is pay attention to your attitude. First of all, if you hang with negative people, you've heard the expression, I'm sure, pick your friends carefully. If you, Because you become like the people you hang with. If you sleep with dogs, you catch fleas. The truth of the fact is, insulate yourself with people that are positive and lift yourself up. And one person, absolutely, one person, you, you actually can make a difference. A good guy, really nice guy, over in Winter Park, he is an author, writes men's Christian books. Uh, he has an expression I heard him say once, it always stuck with me. Sometimes you have to substitute discipline for a lack of natural interest. And, you know, there were times in the Marine Corps where I had to substitute discipline. And in my life, even in my marriage, discipline is an important part. Taking responsibility for your life is an important part of growing as a human being. The Chinese people say, and you've probably heard this proverb, best time to plant a tree, actually it was 20 years ago. But the second best time is now, today. So decisions you make today, this week, next month, they're probably going to stick with you for the rest of your life. Serving in the armed forces, and there's only 1% of our country that serves. I think on that for a minute. 1% serves, and that's what keeps us safe. The biggest part of our budget, the biggest job any president has is keeping us safe. And being in the military is a great, great alternative to find out, learn about yourself, what you're made of. However... With God, all things are possible. Things that are impossible with men are very possible with God. Thank you, Dennis Puglio, United States Marine Corps veteran, for joining us on our program today and for sharing your extraordinary story. 
And Dennis, can you share? We've got a couple minutes before we sign off today. Is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners or, or maybe your fellow veterans? Outside of my home, I uh, raised, I put a gorgeous flagpole, and I have a, uh, an inscription at the bottom of the flagpole. And I honor all men, all women who make a commitment, not just in the military, but for service. And that would mean first responders, the ambulance, fire department, police department, first responders. They're special people. Honor them, love them. When you see them, buy them a cup of coffee, pick up their breakfast tab, go out of your way. They, they serve us every day. And they're willing, many are willing, to actually sacrifice their own life for us. It's a big deal. Today, Memorial Day, when the flag goes by this weekend, if you're at a parade, think on it, stand proudly. Think about the thousands and thousands and thousands of headstones that are in military cemeteries all across the United States and in other countries. They made the ultimate sacrifice. They gave it all. They left it all on the field for us that you might enjoy and get the very most out of our liberty, our freedom in this country, the finest country on earth. How lucky, how blessed are we? Thank you, Dennis Puglio, United States Marine Corps. Friends, that's going to wrap up our show today. I want to thank you for joining us and being a part of it. I want to thank Alan Dempsey, our producer. And as we sign off, I want to thank um, my per- give my personal um, thanks to, first of all, of course, those who died in service, those who died to give it all so that I could live a life of freedom and security. And I want to thank all of those who serve now and who have served for all that you've done to make sure that we can live lives of, of security and freedom. And, of course, as we sign off, I want to thank our sponsors, Highland Memory Gardens and Funeral Home, our presenting sponsor, our friends at Liberty Locksmiths, and at Florida Door Solutions. Friends, have a wonderful day, and thank you to all who serve. There ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA Three-star general Michael J. Flynn Head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency Knew all the government's dirty secrets He was one of the most respected generals in the military Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to He understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 